This is the Only in Miami show, sponsored by Morningside Mortgage Corporation of Bay Harbor Islands. Tonight's show is hosted by Grant Stern. Find out more about our sponsor at www.morningsidemortgage.com. That's www.morningsidemortgage.com. This is the Only in Miami show, and I'm your host, Grant Stern. You can find me on Twitter at Grant Stern and everything about the show at www.onlyinmiami.co iTunes, podcast, SoundCloud, and a whole lot more. Check it out at onlyinmiami.co. And we've got a great show in store for you tonight. So if you're in the car, kick those shoes off, relax, and settle in, because we have Andrew Korge live in the studio with us for the first half of the show. He is running for Florida's 39th District State Senate seat, and it is going to be a long campaign. This is his first radio interview right here on 880 The Biz. Then we have the big, mean sound machine coming on the program with us to discuss their upcoming appearance at the Virginia Key Grassroots Festival. They are a 10-piece band. You do not want to miss them. 10-piece bands do not travel too often and it will be a treat. We're going to be playing music from the Big Mean Sound Machine uh, in advance of their appearance at the Virginia Key Grassroots Festival all throughout the show and speaking with the band after 7.30 tonight. Then we have a very special guest at 7.45 p.m. He is Chad Bernstein, a.k.a. Dr. Trombone. And Chad was recently on the Steve Harvey program last week where he was named one of Harvey's heroes, he is coming on the program with us to discuss A Day at the Beach with Deshamir Bruno on the 13th. That's this Saturday. It is the Community Arts and Cultures 2016 season kickoff, and they're going to be featuring performances by young people in Guitars Over Guns organization, GoGo. Chad Bernstein founded GoGo to bring music back into the schools and unite professional musicians with at-risk kids. That's at the end of the hour. But now this is the moment where I have a few minutes to speak directly with you, the listening audience, about issues of importance that affect us in Miami or sometimes beyond. And tonight I would like to discuss with you the issues that we discussed last week with Senator Rene Garcia. It is a bill that he sponsored called SB 1220, which would impact the Florida Sunshine Law. As every media outlet in the state has said, and I will echo, Mr. Garcia's uh, proposed amendments to Florida's Sunshine Law, specifically to the Open Records Law, would gut the enforcement provisions in that law. What does that mean to you as the average person out there? Well, it means that the government could deny you access to the very records that your tax dollars may go towards producing. The change in the law is very simple and straightforward. If an agency denies access to a citizen, which is guaranteed under Florida's Constitution, then the current law says a judge shall award attorney's fees if that citizen is forced to go to court because the only mechanism to enforce this law is to file a civil lawsuit at the, the taxpayer's expense. If this law 
change is passed, then these attorney's fees will become optional and it will become up to the judge. This will leave not only the enforcement mechanism for the Sunshine Law broken and impede citizens' access to public records. And when I say public records, it can be as simple as getting your own police report if you are ticketed or charged with an offense. It could be as much as not being able to have access to the deed, the recorded record of your ownership of your own home. Many real estate transactions rely on these public records to determine liens, to determine ownership of property, and much, much more. All of this would vanish, all because of one word, giving judges the ability to deny people financial relief when their rights, their civil rights under the Florida Constitution has been violated. It's simply wrong. And the unintended consequence here is that it will lead to a series of lawsuits, absolutely a series of lawsuits to enforce the law after the decisions have been made. Because the reason it is an automatic award of attorney's fees is because the only way for a city or municipality or a state agency or government agency or school board or police department to deny you is to break the law themselves. And when government agencies break the law, they face civil liability. So if we're going to open the Pandora's box, it's going to be the worst of all worlds. You're going to see people denied public records, and then if they do get so lucky to win in court, they're going to have to sue yet again. And the only way that somebody gets these attorney's fees paid is if they win and a judge and court of law finds, in fact, that that government agency has broken the law. So I would urge you all to contact Senator Rene Garcia's office. And you can just Google him. There's an uh, easy email form. And let him know that this change to the law is not good for Floridians or Miamians. And we'll be right back. This is the Only in Miami show. the only in Miami show and I'm your host Grant Stern you can find me on Twitter at Grant Stern and everything about the show at www.onlyinmiami.co iTunes podcast SoundCloud and a whole lot more check it out at onlyinmiami.co 
And we're back live with Andrew Korge. Andrew is running for Florida State Senate, District 39. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us on the program tonight. Hey, thanks for having me, Grant. This is actually my first uh, radio interview uh, of my entire life, so it's good to be here. Well, get used to it. If you're, <laughs> if you're running for office, you're going to have to do a few of these, I hear. So, uh, Andrew, tell our audience a little bit about what inspired you to run for political office, and specifically in District 39, which covers FIU, Westchester, and uh, South Dade and the Keys. Well, first and foremost, uh, you know, as a father of two young children, the moment my kids were born, you know, my life forever changed. Uh, the, all I could think about was how to give my kids a better life than the one my parents gave me. You know, I'm a third-generation Floridian, uh, and when I looked around at our politics in Tallahassee and beyond, it became very clear to me that things are backwards. Uh, and if I don't go and try to build a, you know, a new Florida, a 21st century Florida, then what kind of life am I going to leave my children? So, you know, that's a big part of what inspired me to do this. And, you know, of course, seeing how backwards Tallahassee is and how, frankly, they're just working for the special interest and not for any of us, uh, you know, that has inspired me in many ways also. I think anybody who listens to this program has a few ideas of exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. So tell our audience a little bit about yourself personally. What do you do for a living when you're not running for office? Sure. Well, well besides, uh, you know, my the most important job, which is being a dad, I uh, work in real estate. We have a family business that uh, over years has been a part of the development of many units, a lot of, uh, you know, affordable and lower income housing, uh, more on the land side than anything else. Uh, but, you know, I'm also involved with different uh, ventures, right? Uh, I've helped build three organizations that get my generation, our generation, engaged in civics, and that's been very important to me. Uh, you know, my family has been involved in the political world since the Kennedy days. Uh, you know, my grandpa was Dante Fassell, Congressman Fassell's. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. The, they named the park after him. Well, he, he did a lot more. He served us for a long time, and as Michael Putney said, he's someone that couldn't be bought uh, by the special interest, and and by uh, donors. And uh, so, you know, that's how we got involved. And, uh, you know, so uh, that's a big part of, of why I'm running and, uh, you know, a big part of my inspiration in life generally. Yeah. So how do you reach out directly to voters? Because unlike 20 years ago or 40 years ago or when Dante was in office, hmm. uh, you know, back then it was a little different. You'd have some barbecues. Today, it's all about reaching out directly to voters. So how do you engage with the people in your district? Well, over the summer, one of the ways, right, is knocking on doors. Over the summer, I knocked on about 1,100 doors, uh, which was uh, incredible. It was truly a great experience to be able to connect with folks, uh, you know, at their door, listen to them, uh, hear their thoughts and concerns. Uh, so that's one critical way. I think social media uh, is, is another way, and there's so many different avenues there, uh, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or even now, I guess, Snapchat, uh, so social, uh, you know, is definitely a you know pretty effective way. Plus, just getting out there in the community, going to different events and speaking to folks, and uh, you know, meeting as many people as you can. And if you don't like, you know, going into a room and introducing yourself to people you don't know, then you probably shouldn't run for office. So, uh, you know, those are some of the ways we've been uh, engaging with voters. So let's let's dig into some of the issues. I would say that one of the biggest let's not call it an issue, but a generator of issues <laughs> is Florida Power and Light. Mm -hmm. It touches every single person in this city, every single person in the district, and at least about half of Florida, certainly the southern half. 
Um, there's a lot of different issues. Um, let's let's talk about a couple of them because you've sent out a lot of mailers and emailers. Um, there's there's issues with solar power. Mm-hmm. Um, the the power lines that they want to put on US one, the gin- ginormous power lines overhead, and uh, in your district in particular, they have the Turkey Point nuclear power plant. So think of it as a poo poo platter of FPL issues. Where would you like to begin? Well, let's take a step back. Uh, you know, the big problem we see in the political world now is the special interests have gotten greedy. They don't want a good deal. They want the whole deal. And as a result, we the people are the ones that struggle and we get the short end of the stick. So, you know, uh, starting from that point is critical because that's what's going on in Tallahassee. You know, over the past 10 or 20 years and, and even before, I'm sure, uh, you know, the oil and gas, and uh, you know, that special interest has bought up all the legislators. Uh, you know, and that's a big part of why we have an antiquated energy infrastructure and a big part uh, of the reason why we can't have solar. You know, California, New Jersey, even African countries like Uganda have more solar than the Sunshine State. Uh, Morocco. If well, that s- makes perfect sense when yeah. you think about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, Sunshine State should not have any solar power. I'm sorry. Yeah, we, we need to move. We need to cross the bridge into the 21st century. Energy is one way we're going to do that. Uh, but why is FPL so opposed to solar energy? You know, when you look at the infrastructure they have through Next Era Energy, which is one of their companies, they do solar in a lot of different places. So I don't think it's that they're opposed to solar. You know, literally, if you look at, at the places Next Era Energy has solar, California, Nevada, New Jersey, New Mexico, Canada, uh, you know, North Dakota. I oh, mean, Canada's ripe for solar <laughs> energy. I mean, it's the true north. So, uh, you know, I think it's a lack of leadership, Grant. I think it's a lack of, you know, uh, persistence and a, a creative mind that is uh, preventing us from having a, a 21st century energy infrastructure. It won't be easy to cut a deal with all the different players. It never is. But if someone just goes up there and fights hard and is creative and innovative and really pushes the envelope, I believe solar's possible. It's not going to happen overnight, but we just need the right type of leaders fighting for a 21st century energy infrastructure. So, I mean, are you going to tell our audience that you will not accept campaign donations from FPL? Because a lot of politicians in this state have accepted FPL's money. Well, they support uh, my opponent, so I I highly doubt the special interest generally in Tallahassee will be uh, dying to give me money. So uh, I am running against Tallahassee. They know that, uh, you know. They're going to be coming after me, all the interest in Tallahassee. I am not their candidate. Uh, you know, with that said, I think when you talk about campaign finance, and look, I've done political fundraising as a volunteer, uh, you know, that is a whole other area where we need major change. Now, I understand Citizens United has forever altered that landscape, at least for the next, frankly, 20 years or so. Until there's a constitutional amendment. There are Essentially. Diff- yeah, I mean, there are, there are different ways to do that. Uh, it's complicated. It's no short-term no, it's, issue. But it's, yeah. it's outside the purview of state senate. That's a federal matter. It, it absolutely is, yeah. but at the end of the day, it does impact us. And, and the truth is we need, we need more folks at the grassroots level to get engaged in state politics. That's what you don't see. A lot of people don't even know who their state senator is. There are 40 state senators. So we need people to get more engaged. Everyone always wants to do the federal elections because, oh, Congress, Senate, President. I mean, it's, it's, it's enticing. Sexy, man. Yeah, it's sexy. It's but, sexy. But the truth is state elections matter. They want fracking in our state. It's because we're not fighting back. 
they want oil and gas to dominate everything, to destroy our water. It's because we're not fighting back. You know, the issues go on and on. We can't even get, forget about acting on climate. We can't even get people in Tallahassee to say the phrase sea level rise because our governor outlawed it, okay? So, you know, people— Well, at least they're working on something in Tallahassee. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we, we it's need terrible. We, it's terrible but it's true it's it's a national joke really it's a mess and the joke's on yeah. us yeah. um i mean your district lies mostly at sea level or below right well a lot of the county miami-dade county really the whole but, but the coastline. islands these are islands yeah. i well, mean the, key west the keys. Is, yeah, key west is certainly uh you know ground zero just like miami Beach is. Uh, so, you know, Key West, or the Florida Keys, have about $200 million in infrastructure projects in the pipeline. So they're leaders in this effort, but more needs to be done. You know, we need an adaptation plan for every coastal area in Florida, and not a five-year adaptation plan, but a 50-year adaptation plan so we can start implementing it right now when we have time to pay back the loans, and frankly, while interest rates are low. Well, there's something you mentioned, mm-hmm. drinking water. It's, I mean, without drinking water, we have nowhere to live, period. The Florida legislature d- just passed a water bill that essentially allows polluters to dump anything they want into Lake Okeechobee. How can you influence that from the position of a state senator's seat? Well, one, I think the people. It's not me. It's not one person. It's the people that are going to influence that. Uh, you know, that bill you're referencing did have some environmental support, so it wasn't all bad. Uh, you know, and frankly, given how bad Tallahassee has been these days, you know, that's probably one of the better things we've gotten out of, uh, uh, you know, the legislature. So, uh, you know, but look, this is about people getting engaged in state Senate, state House uh, campaigns and local campaigns that we cannot just focus on federal. We need to all get active. We need to get engaged. Our future is at stake. And this is up to us. It's not up to anyone else. It's up to us. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's very difficult because, like you said, people are not always aware of what these state issues are, but they always come back because we all live here. Now, listen, I can tell you, again, I knocked on about 1,100 doors over the summer, and most people didn't know who their state senator was. It was, you know, it just is what it is. We need to change that. So tell our audience where they can reach out to your campaign. We're going to take a real short break after that. Sure. Uh, my website is andrewcorge.com, K-O-R-G-E. Please sign up. Uh, you know, we want you to get engaged. This is a grassroots movement. Uh, you can also visit me on Twitter at Andrew, at Andrew Korge, K-O-R-G-E, or see me on Facebook, Andrew M. Korge. Um, let's all do this together. All righty. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. This- Only in Miami show.
Oh, welcome back. This is the Only in Miami show, and I'm your host, Grant Stern. You can find me on Twitter at Grant Stern and everything about the show at www.onlyinmiami.co. And we're back with Andrew Korge. Andrew's running for Florida's 39th District Senate seat. Andrew, thanks for coming on the program tonight. Thanks for having me. So there are a lot of issues facing Floridians. We touched on a couple of them, um, the issues with FPL that fa that we're facing in South Florida, um, clean drinking water. Um, let me let you pick the next issue. Well, I appreciate that. I think there are two that, that I think are critical to our future. One uh, is starting to teach kids skills for the 21st century, things like coding, robotics, working with 3D printers, even more basic stuff like financial literacy, uh, writing a business plan. You know, the reason why I believe every child needs to have these opportunities is very simple. Technology is taking low-skill, low-wage jobs by the day. The Home Depot I go to, I check out with a machine. That used to be a job. In Seattle, where they passed a $15 living wage, you know what the first thing McDonald's did was? They put tablets for you to order. Well, those used to be jobs. And if we don't start preparing our kids for this reality, we're in trouble. Well, Florida went under a major education, I would I don't know what you call it, revolution, let's say, when Jeb Bush was in office. Um, he created a lot of charter schools. He did a lot of things, and nobody's been entirely happy with the results, especially the testing regimes. So as state senator, how would you influence Florida's testing regime and how would you change the criteria and the, the curriculum for these state schools? Because there's also these local boards as well. How, how does that work? Well, kids are being over-tested right now. Uh, you look, there, according to a Herald article from about maybe eight months ago, kids were taking about test about 30 or so days of the year. That's crazy. That's a month, 30 days. Instead— That's more than a month because yeah. they only go to school for 20 or 21 maybe. But, so— when you think about it, that's, uh, that's a significant amount of testing. It's too much testing. Now, look, not all testing is bad. You need to have some ways to measure kids' performance. But instead of taking so many tests, they need to be, learn again, learning how to code, building robots, things that will expand their mind and enhance creativity. There's this great program called FIUEV3. Uh, you know, shout out to FIU. They take these kids from North Miami Middle and Edison Elementary, and they teach them how to build robots. It's giving these kids an opportunity. It's giving them hope for the future. Every child needs to have access to a program, an after-school program, mind you, like FIU EV3. And if we do those things, if we start spending our dollars in this type of manner and just you know, looking towards the future, this world will change forever for the better. Our kids will have a better chance of not just surviving, but thriving in this new economy. So that's one thing, you know, in the education world, less testing, more 21st century skills. The other thing I, I think is is critical is building a 21st century economy, right? You're going to teach kids skills for the 21st century. Well, let's create, uh, you know, jobs for this new economy. And there's Well, how do you do that from a state Senate position? There are, there's, yeah. there's a lot of responsibilities in state Senate. But how do you impact the economy from that sphere directly? We need to create entrepreneurship zones. We need to encourage entrepreneurship, right? Okay, and there so, are different ways to do that. So you create a zone, like an economic zone? I, well, I, you know, I, that's 
No, one there are economic yeah. empowerment zones mm -hmm. out there. There's federal ones. There's state ones. There's state tax credits for brownfield uh, improvement. There's there's all sorts of programs. Is that is that what you're referring to? I'm going to go with something even simpler. Let's start a chain of incubators, state-funded incubators, that try to help not just create new jobs, not just create new jobs, but, you know, help solve some of our greatest problems. There was just a little a little interference yes, yes. here. So That's the what the delay was. Yes, talking once in a while. Uh, you know, it's okay. First radio interview. Uh, <laughs> but, but in any event, if we have state-funded incubators around maybe sea level rise technologies or healthcare technologies, uh, there's so many different ways to do that. That will encourage entrepreneurship. So the next Florida legislature is going to have a very interesting task. If the numbers from the 2014 election mean anything. There's an amendment on the ballot. It's called Amendment 2. Mm -hmm. And the idea of that amendment is to legalize medical marijuana in the state of Florida by creating a constitutional amendment. Now, as voters may not realize when they're voting for this amendment, adding it to the Constitution means that it has to be done. But how it's done is left up to the Senate. And there's already an authorized medical marijuana bill that is on the books. And that's another thing Floridians may not realize because it's been a disaster. It basically is like Pyrrhic. It is the Potemkin village of medical marijuana laws. Nobody can get it. Only five companies are allowed to grow it, and it's just not happening. How would you legislate if given the opportunity in 2016? Because the original amendment to got just under the 60% of the vote that was required to pass. And that was in an election where there's a lot more conservative voters in the midterm elections. It's a general election. There's a very strong chance that this new bill is going to pass. So how would you enact the law? Well, uh, this is just another example of Tallahassee being bought and sold by the special interests who have gotten greedy. They wanted to create five licenses to uh, grow medical marijuana, okay? That's basically creating an oligopoly, right? An industry controlled by a few. Uh, it's a perfect example. I know there's been an amendment to try to expand that from 5 to 30, but, of course, the legislators who are bought and sold by the special interests uh, are preventing that from happening. Uh, and I look forward to running against, uh, uh, you know, one of these uh, folks uh, in November. You know, look, medical marijuana is medicinal. Medical heroin is currently legal. A lot of people may not look at it like this, but when you go to a hospital and you need morphine or uh, Dilaudid, that is medical heroin. So this cocaine fight, is is still used in eye surgery. So, <clears throat> I mean, heroin is made by Bayer. So this fight—it's true. They this, created it. This fight to prevent medical marijuana from being used for cancer patients, kids who have epilepsy, kids who are struggling is absurd in my opinion. We need to get the medicine for folks that they need. And uh, one last thing. There's been a lot of fighting in the Florida legislature, mostly in the Senate, where the Florida Senate, even though it's dominated by Republicans today, actually was looking to implement the Affordable Care Act and expand Medicaid to cover... Millions of Floridians, I think it's a little like a, maybe a million or a little bit more, but over a million Floridians who lack health care today. 
Are you in favor of this expansion or are you against it? Absolutely in favor of it. Here's the thing. When you don't have health insurance and you get sick, you go to a hospital, you can't pay your bills, and guess who pays for it? We the people do. Well, so, aren't we already paying the federal taxes to, for this program anyway? Absolutely. So it is insulting uh, that, the, frankly, the corrupt legislature has not expanded Medicaid. It's a no-brainer. Uh, we're spending now more of our state tax dollars uh, to replace the LIP funds. Uh, you know, which are being decreased over time. So it is ridiculous that we have not expanded Medicaid. People are struggling. People are sick. People are dying. And this is the least we can do to take care of the electorate. But again, it goes back to one core theme here, is that Tallahassee is owned by the greedy special interests. And if we the people don't build a grassroots movement to take back Tallahassee, then all the only people we can blame are ourselves. This is an opportunity to finally take back Tallahassee from the greedy special interests. That's why I'm running. That's why I need your support. That's why I need you to go to andrewcorge.com and sign up. Join me. Join us. Let's do this together. Well, Andrew, it's been a pleasure you having you on the program. You seem like you've really practiced for this, your very first interview, and I hope <laughs> not the last radio interview. And uh, one more time, let our audience know where they can reach out to you on Twitter if they want to keep the discussion going online. It's at Andrew Korge, K-O-R-G-E, and my website is andrewcorge.com. And we'll be right back. This is the Only in Miami show.
Oh, welcome back. This is the Only in Miami show, and I'm your host, Grant Stern. You can find me on Twitter at Grant Stern and everything about the show at www.onlyinmiami.co, iTunes, podcast, SoundCloud, and a whole lot more. Check it out at onlyinmiami.co. And we're back live with Adrian from the Big Mean Sound Machine. Adrian, can you hear me out there? How's it going, Grant? It's actually uh, Andrew and Angelo here. Oh, Andrew and Angelo. Okay, there's ten of you guys, so they just told me somebody's going to call in. I'm ready. Well, uh, no worries, man. There's, there's a lot of us to keep track of. I know. How? Okay, so let me introduce you guys to our audience here. This is the uh, uh, two members of the Big Mean Sound Machine. They're going to be playing at the Virginia Key Grassroots Festival. Uh, it's on Virginia Key, February 18th through the 21st. So, guys, how do you manage bringing a 10-person group out on the road? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, uh, a lot of determination. <laughs> <laughs> Just that? <laughs> Simply put, yeah. Simply put, yeah, a lot of determination. Really a lot of coordination, lots of... Uh, just being in contact with each other, um, trying to get on the same page as far as our scheduling goes, and uh, of course, trying to just be as uh, as thrifty as possible and uh, save our money and uh, and earn as much as we can to cover our costs. Because let me tell you, it's expensive. So, where is the Big Mean Sound Machine based? Uh, well, our, our trailer and our van live in Ithaca, New York, which is right in the center of the state in the gorgeous Finger Lakes region. But um, That's in New York State, by the over. way, right? I'm sorry? In New York State. That's yep. correct, in, in the center of New York State. Yeah. Um, but uh, we're spread out you know, between Ithaca, New York, Buffalo, New York, Portland, New York, uh, New York City, which is where I live, and a few of the other members. Um one guy is also in Washington, D.C. A couple guys are in Boston. A couple guys are in Hartford, Connecticut. So it's really, uh, you know, we get together to work. Wow, man. So you guys you guys really play via remote and get together to play, right? Oh, pretty much. No, that's, that's awesome. So it, it, are you guys involved with the Grassroots Festival up there as well? Absolutely. Yep. Um, yeah, we play. Um, there, there's four Grassroots Festivals. And uh, we play at all four of them usually throughout the year. Um, there's one in Trumansburg, which is right near Ithaca in New York. Um, there's two in North Carolina, right in the center of the state, one in the spring, one in the fall. And this will be our second year back down to Virginia Key at uh, Key Biscayne. We're pretty stoked about it. So you've had your first taste of Miami already then, huh? We have, but we can't get enough. Well, let's do this. I've been playing music from the Big Mean Sound Machine all throughout the show. And let's take a listen to another track. I want to play track four. It's called Whoa Gosh. We'll be Absolutely. right back. This is the Only in Miami show.
Welcome back. This is the Only in Miami show. And we're back live with the big mean sound machine, Angelo. Thank you so much for joining us on the program tonight. So how did the big mean sound machine get together? There's 10 of you guys and you're spread out all over the place. Uh, well, we um, we got started. Most of us went to college together up uh, at Ithaca College in Ithaca, New York. Um, although we've been through a fair number of musicians, and uh, it's uh, it's kind of a rotating lineup. But um, as far as how we got together, basically, we many of us were playing in various other bands, and we decided that uh, we weren't all feeling the kind of fulfillment that we were really seeking. Um, so we got, uh, we got together at a lake house and did a lot of barbecuing and some drinking and some thinking and some playing and, uh, the rest is kind of history. You know, it, we evolved pretty organically just through a love of, um, similar types of music and a love of exploring and, uh, getting away from the status quo. That's really cool. So what are the different pieces? Because 10 pieces, quite a lot of music there. What, what does everybody play? Angelo, you want to take this one? Um, yeah, yeah sure. It's, uh, it's, it, it usually starts with the bass and the drums um, and percussion. Uh, so there's three, you know, three of us right there with a the drummer, a percussionist, a bassist. Um, and then for this tour, we'll have two guitars, uh, two keyboard players, and um, three horns, a uh, trumpet, bar uh, baritone saxophone, and trombone. That's, that's and extensive. And there's no vocals in the group. It's all instrumental. Um, so, I mean, yeah, wh what are the sounds that influenced what you guys do? Because I, I hear several different sounds going on inside of what the, the Big Mean Sound Machine does. Sure. Definitely um, lots of Afrobeat music and funk music. But, of course, all of us studied... Uh, Tons of different things, including jazz and classical music. Um, and we all, of course, grew up with rock music and pop music and stuff like that. So we pretty much kind of went after anything that makes people dance, but, you know, you can keep it interesting to where um, people could just listen to the music outside and necessarily want to just dance to it. There's, there's also a fair amount of Latin influence and, like, some Afro-Caribbean rhythms. Um, it really is diverse, and truthfully, we have trouble... We can point to our influences, but we have trouble describing the style because it's pretty original sounding. I, I've yet to hear another band that sounds close to the type of music that we make, and I, I welcome finding another band like us. We would love to hear similar music, but it's just uh, it's original. Yeah, I know. We've been enjoying it throughout the show. Actually, there's one more track I wanted to play. It's, uh, it's called Junkies Everywhere, so let's take a listen. This is the Only in Miami show.
This is the Only in Miami show, and we're speaking live with the Big Mean Sound Machine. You've just been listening to them. Angelo Osmer, thanks for coming on the program. Guys? Thank you so much. Hey. Thanks for having us. Hey, it's my pleasure to have you guys on the show. I'm looking forward to hopefully catching you guys at the Virginia Key Grassroots Festival. It's going to be happening February 18th through the 21st on Miami's Virginia Key. It is off of the Rickenbacker Causeway. That's the road that you take to get to Key Biscayne. Exit 1 on I-95. So, guys, one last question. Who arranges this kind of stuff? Because this is really cool music. If anybody's been listening out there and just heard the Junkies Everywhere track... I mean, it's very, it's very detailed. There's a lot of um, layering. How, who arranges the the tracks for Big Mean Sound Machine? Um, well, we it, it kind of goes. It go. It's all teams kind of come together together differently. Yeah. Uh, mainly, um, myself and the trumpet player do the arranging, but the writing kind of comes from multiple different people in the band. But usually, it's the bass and the drums are first, with other things added on top of that in the rhythm section, and then the horns. Uh, horn lines are written, and then we kind of arrange it from there and kind of place it in different different spots. And, um, yeah, it's interesting. We kind of use computers and a lot of, you know, technological things to help us kind of create the music, but then we do everything live with no click track, um, no computers, no digital stuff uh, when we're playing it live. So it's kind of an interesting, um, it's an interesting juxtaposition with this music. But, yeah, we've been, we've all been kind of... Uh, arranging a lot of this stuff, like pending it, say, on a computer and then taking it to a live band and then trying to make it organic from there. And it's been fun. It's interesting as well, of course. Well, uh, and Grant, how... let me, let me sure. take this opportunity to, to give a, another shameless little plug for a second to the Grassroots Culture Camp. Oh, sure. Go ahead. be running, I believe, uh, Sunday through Wednesday leading up to the festival. And if anybody's interested more in our process, um, several of us are going to be several of us in the band are going to be teaching various classes and workshops along with uh, a bunch of other wonderful artists. Um, I'll be teaching an Afrobeat drum set rhythm class. Uh, Angelo's going to be teaching some um, band leading and arranging and bass workshops. And uh, we have a whole bunch of other really great classes lined up for anybody who's interested in like chatting with us and getting a, a more first-hand account of our process and uh, sort of where we're coming from. That's really cool. I just looked that up on uh, virginiakeygrassroots.com, and actually uh, kids under 12 are free, so if you buy a ticket, you can bring your kids, which I think is really and Lastly, neat. in addition to the festival, we got a couple other hits around Miami throughout that week. Uh, we're going to be doing the uh, grassroots Miami Festival preview show on Sunday evening. Um, we're going to be playing at Lagnas on uh, Northeast Second Avenue, night, right next to Midtown. So right. uh, people have a lot of opportunities to catch us down there, and we hope they do. Well, let me tell you, if you're going to bring 10 people, you got to do as much as possible, as many shows as possible, because it's something special to travel with a, a group that size. It's really not easy. So. Where can our audience find you guys online and on Twitter? Uh, well, on, online you can find us at BigMeanSoundMachine.com. Also, we're on Facebook, um, Twitter at BigMeanSound, Instagram at BigMeanSoundMachine, and uh, 
please feel free to you know hit us up, email us. Um, most of us have personal accounts on those platforms as well, and we love making new friends. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us on the program. We are going to lead Our pleasure, out. Grant. We're going to. Oh, hey, it's awesome. I love your music. It's been a lot of fun to listen to. So we're going to lead out with one last track, Crime of Passion. And we'll right be right back. This is the Only in Miami show. This is the Only in Miami show, and I'm your host, Grant Stern. You can find me on Twitter at Grant Stern and everything about the show at www.onlyinmiami.co, iTunes, podcast, SoundCloud, and a whole lot more. Check it out at onlyinmiami.co. And we're back live with Chad Bernstein, Dr. Trombone himself. Chad? Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for joining us on the program tonight. My pleasure. Happy to be here. So... Uh, tell our audience a little bit about what's going on with Guitars Over Guns organization. I hear you guys have a showcase coming up. We have an awesome showcase coming up uh, at the band show, and uh, we're really excited about it. Community Arts and Culture is putting it on. I'm sure you're telling everyone about all the amazing artists that are going to be there, but uh, it's a really exciting opportunity for our kids to uh, experience some, some very cool world music and be on a, a, uh, a nice stage, and I can't wait. It's going to be really cool. So it's going to be at the North Beach Band Shell uh, this Saturday at 4 p.m., right? That's correct. And uh, that's on 73rd and Collins. Yeah? Yes, sir. So uh, what are our, what's our audience going to hear there? What, if somebody attends, what are they going to listen to? Well, um, our kids will be playing kind of a mix of original music and some popular music. And then... Um, the uh, you know the main act of Emmer is is, is going to be uh, it's very very cool. I don't know if you've heard any of his music, but no, no, I haven't. I haven't heard him yet. <laughs> Might have to go well, out there. Gonna, yeah, it's going to be very cool. Check it out. You can uh, you can check out all the info on um, on our social media at Guitars Over Guns and also at Community Arts and Culture um, at, on their website as well as all their social media as well and. And on the North Miami Beach band show. So, is it a free concert? Uh, as far as I know. <laughs> okay. I mean, hey, listen. You know, our audience. Uh, I mean, I, wait. I see that there are some tickets available as well. Oh, maybe not, Ben. Oh. <laughs> don't don't uh, don't let me misspeak. I'm I'm only aware of uh, you know 
uh, our small part of it, but it's a real honor to be working with community arts and culture and to, uh, you know, to have, have an opportunity to expose, um, you know, the youth to, to some music that they wouldn't otherwise necessarily be hearing um, anywhere else and certainly not live. So uh, it's a very cool. I remember the first time that our kids performed at the North Beach Band Show, um, many of them told us it was the first time they'd ever seen a beach, which is wow, you know, kind of astonishing in Miami. But, um, you know, you don't really realize the gravity of, of um, the exposure that opportunities like this um, provide. So. so, I mean, tell our audience a little bit about GoGo. Um, you were actually just on the Steve Harvey show last week, repping I was, GoGo. I was. Um, Guitars Over Guns is a nonprofit organization based in Miami uh, that has since grown to Chicago as well. But it it empowers youth through music to um, uh, take professional artists in our community and pair them up with kids that are in schools during year-long structured programs that teach uh, drums, guitar, bass, piano, singing, rapping, stuff that the kids can relate to. Um, and we use that as a, a, uh, a lever to build relationships with these kids. And then many of our kids have um, some very difficult situations that are going on in their lives and at home and at school. And, and uh, you know, these artists act as mentors to help you know, some of our youth navigate through some troubling times and uh, some of the challenges they're facing in their life. So through music, we're able to kind of forge those relationships. And it's been uh, eight years now. We've served over 1,000 kids. Uh, we've got about 200 kids this year, and in our after-school programs, our kids have uh, 90 over 90 percent of our kids have shown an increase in their grade point average, their rate of suspensions, and um, their ability to deal with stressful situations. So it's been uh, wildly successful, and we're very proud of that, and, and probably even more proud of the fact that many of our young graduates are returning to mentor their younger peers. So we've actually started a a pipeline for youth mentorship as well. So things are going great and uh, a lot of fun. That's amazing that you got you're so you're actually getting these students to come back and tutor the next generation. Well, it's not even that we're getting them. I mean, they're. Uh, I mean, like creating this on their own. It's uh, today. I'm sorry. This year, um, we brought on. Uh, our new COO, John O'Deleon, and, and today, <clears throat> I'm sorry, the first day of the school year is his last day in the classroom while they uh, finished up the paperwork to find a replacement for him. And after the bell rang um, that first day, he had about 20 kids outside of the classroom banging on the door saying, hey, we're here to help with GoGo, just like the uh, alumni were here last year. And, and, and it was totally unprecedented and, and just, you know, heartwarming. That's awesome. Well, Chad, I hope everybody makes it out to the North Beach Band Shell. You can find their website at guitarsoverguns.com. And that's all the time we have for the Only in Miami show. We're taking a one-week hiatus. We'll be back in two weeks. This is the Only in Miami show. This is the Only in Miami show, sponsored by... Morningside Mortgage Corporation of Bay Harbor Islands. Tonight's show is hosted by Grant Stern. Find out more about our sponsor at www.morningsidemortgage.com. That's www.morningsidemortgage.com.